Hello friends, my name is Mike. Thank you for joining me today on Up North Rocks, Northern Ontario's only climbing podcast. Listen to me, Annie. I don't care how experienced you are. A smart climber always wears a belt and suspenders. Dad. Two cams are safe, three's even better. Dad. Not kidding, Annie. Nobody's going anywhere until you put another cam in the wall. Dad, I have three cams. He's just yanking your chain. What the? This route is sandbagged. There's no way this is 5'5". Five five. This is like 5'8". D. Hello, friends. First of all, apologies for the long gap in episodes. It has been a wild fall, but now that the holidays are here, I've got some time to catch up on putting out all the episodes that I've recorded over the last couple of months. And don't you worry, there are some good ones. Also, I've got some feedback that episodes have been a little quieter than would be ideal. I'm going to crank the volume moving forward, so hopefully that helps. And I am very appreciative of this feedback, so please keep it coming. On today's episode, I had the great pleasure to sit down with Holly Fleming and Katie Zuchik. In addition to being badass and dedicated climbers in their own right, Holly and Katie are the founders of the Superior Sending Sisters. The Sending Sisters are a group dedicated to supporting folks who identify as women in the climbing scene in Northern Ontario. In this episode, we talk about how Katie and Holly got into climbing, representation, mentorship, offensive root names, barriers that women face in getting into climbing, and the important work that the Sending Sisters are doing to address these issues. If you are someone who identifies as a woman and you are interested in getting in touch with the Superior Sending Sisters, you can check them out on Facebook or Instagram. Links are in the show notes. And with that, sit back and enjoy this conversation with Holly and Katie. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for sitting down, both of you. This is uh, this is really sweet. Do you want to both quickly introduce yourself? Maybe Holly, do you want to go first? Sure. I'm Holly Fleming. Kind of lived all over the place. I moved to Thunder Bay five years ago for my master's. master. I did a master's in environmental studies in northern environments and cultures and uh, started climbing back in Calgary and came here and was like, fell in love with climbing in northern Ontario um, and have been here ever since, climbing ever since, and love it here. Awesome. And how about you, Katie? Yeah. So um, my name is Katie uh, Zujic. I'm from Thunder Bay, and I've spent most of my life playing on the North Shore of Superior, which has been a very, very fortunate way to live my life. Um, let's see. I did an undergrad at Lakehead um, in psych and biology, and I'm currently a medical student uh, based out of Thunder Bay, but currently in northeastern Ontario on a placement, and have been climbing for, oh God, I don't know, we're getting, we're getting up there in years now, I want to say like eight, nine years, which has been awesome. Sweet. That's great. Yeah, we must have started climbing at pretty similar times, completely unaware of the fact that either of each other were climbing. Um, cool. Well, that's sweet. Uh, thank you both for sharing a little bit yourselves. I mean, since since you were just talking about it, Katie, um, yeah, what, what made you want to go to med school? Oh, gosh. Um, so when I finished my undergrad... Um, I worked for a couple years, uh, doing kind of neurodevelopmental assessments with kids, um, and really, really enjoyed it, but found that I always kind of wanted to do a bit more. I was always kind of craving a broader scope and to be able to have sort of tangible like interventions that I could propose for people as opposed to just getting really good at like diagnostics and assessment. Um, there was also just a skill set that I wanted to have and, and be able to sort of have these, these skills to respond in, in emergency situations and, and ways to sort of loop that into the sports and things that I was doing that also were a little bit harder to come by in the field of psychology. And so, I mean, I feel like the pathway to med was so multifactorial and there were so many different components that were all kind of moving around at the same time. 
but ultimately, um, finding my way, way into it. I think like the last, like I'm in my third year now, the last few years have just been about honing the skill set to really be able to thrive in a variety of different environments and, and be able to respond to whatever comes my way, which is this sort of scope of skills that I was really hoping to build for myself in the long term. And then to also be able to work in sort of these remote and, and rugged environments where, you know, you need to be creative, you need to be able to like work under pressure and, and thrive and respond in these situations that um, I felt mad would be really strong in preparing me for. And so, I mean, we've, we've talked about this a lot, but I think like there's, there's some goals that I have um, in my back pocket when it comes to med and, and thinking about extremely rugged environments and, and mountain medicine and wilderness medicine and ways that I can integrate um, the skills I've been sort of, again, garnering over the last few years to, to work in those environments as, as a real grown up one day. So that's kind of how I found my way into it. And I haven't really looked back since, to be honest. Very cool. I like that there's there's a climbing focus even yeah. in uh, even in med school. That's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you mentioned that you're going on uh, a trip really soon, kind of in relation to that. Yes. So there's um, I'm leaving on Wednesday for a trip to uh, Canmore for the Canadian Association of Wilderness Medicines conference. So it's my little plug for them, but it's all of these really, really amazing people that are working across the board as like medics, as ski patrol, as doctors, as nurses, um, in the field of wilderness medicine. So everything from first response in like Arctic areas to expedition medicine on some of, you know, like these 8,000 meter peaks. Um, and so there's some really cool training that I'm all signed up for, uh, over the next few days. So like, uh, high angle rope rescue and like crevasse rescue and these like cold water boot camps and things. So it's, it's stuff that I didn't really imagine was even part of, or could be part of medical training in any way, shape or form. Like I didn't realize going in that this world existed and I've been so, so happy to find it. Cause I mean, it's full of these people who, you know, like their headshots or people hanging off the side of a cliff or like skydiving and, and, I don't know, like a lot of the feedback we've gotten or the advice I've gotten in the course of like pursuing medicine is to try and like find your people, think about like the spheres that you want to occupy when you are working and like practicing as a physician. And I mean, I haven't been there yet, but I I have a good sense that these are like a bubble of people I'll be pretty happy to spend some time with. So I, uh, yeah, I've been counting down the days till I can get out there. I'm also living in a very flat area right now. So I haven't seen uh, any degree of elevation in a while and I've been going a bit stir crazy. So I'm hoping to get some climbing in when I'm out there. Awesome. Sweet. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds very cool. Um, and I mean, it goes without saying that everyone's happy to have a doctor at the crag. So. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, and Holly, I know that you, uh, also have quite a lot of things going on. What's, what's on your docket these days? Um, a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I am involved in like a variety of different sports. I'm a ultimate Frisbee coach right now for the university team and play on a rec league and play disc golf. And, um, I spent a season this past season being a sea kayaking guide for a company in Northwestern Ontario in, out of Rossport. Um, it's such a nice day as the company and we're pretty phenomenal. Um, plug, plug for Zach while we're, while we're at it. Yeah. yeah. Such, a, such a nice day adventures. Everyone that wants to go see kayaking should hire, hire Holly through Zach and go see kayaking on Lake Superior. Yes. It's stunning. Absolutely stunning. Um, and yeah, competitively sail in the summer times and I'm looking forward to the ski season and the ice climbing season, which, um, will be much bigger than my climbing season this year because it's just been so busy with everything else. Um, but yeah, and I, uh, started up a little company last winter where I've been teaching people cross country skiing cause I have 12 years of experience in coaching and, uh, 12 years experience competitively in cross country skiing. So I'm pretty stoked on that. I'm pretty stoked to have some of my clients back. Um, and 
yeah, it's pretty much what I'm up to right now. Awesome. Cool. So yeah, that plug for you as well. Anyone that wants to <laughs> learn to cross country ski, uh, give, give Holly a shout and she can show you how to, how to do it. And I can say that I know some, some satisfied customers of Holly. So yeah, that, uh, that seems like a great opportunity. Um, awesome. Well, yeah, let's, I mean, this is a climbing podcast after all. Um, so let's, let's dive a little deeper into the, the climbing side of things. Um, so so yeah, um, you both mentioned you've been climbing like kind of in the realm of a decade-ish, um, a little more, a little less maybe. Um, do you each remember the first time you went climbing or the first time that you like felt that climbing was the thing that you wanted to do as a, a, a main part of your life? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I can like picture it so clearly. Um, it was funny actually, like I had been eyeing up climbing for some time and it was always this thing. I was like, okay, I had pursued most other sort of like extreme type sports. It's like, why am I not doing this? We have this whole, like we live in like an outdoor Mecca and Thunder Bay. Like there's such good rock everywhere you turn. Like, why am I not doing this? And it was kind of funny because like I've heard this from several people. It's like this weird like state of crisis that seems to like bump people into climbing sometimes. But I had like come out on this, like the other side of this like relationship with an individual who like never wanted to go outside. And I feel like it just slingshotted me like the complete opposite direction. Cause I'd always just be like sitting at the window being like, okay, I'm just going to go for like a quick hike and then we can like regroup. So I'd have a couple of friends like reach out they're like hey you know we're gonna go climbing we have some extra gear do you want to come it's like yes like say no more pick me up in 20 like we're good to go and so I had shoes on that were like three sizes too big and like an old worn out harness and everyone we went uh we went to the bluffs and I think I tried zigzag as my first climb and for anyone that's like climbed this before there's a couple of different ways you can like try and get to the top of it you can follow this sort of meandering crack the whole way up which again like crack climbing is like a first go around uh at climbing was like a humbling experience but I was very very determined um, and then I was like oh okay maybe maybe there are ways to not use this crack and try and do like the face climb up the the front little bit which proved to be a much harder variation I think it bumps it to like I don't know mid tens or something like that um long story short it was like a 30 minute endeavor of me just like working away at this crack trying to get up it my arms are like spaghetti um but I like got to the top and it was this the best feeling and I'm sitting there like covered in chalk like my knuckles are bleeding and I'm like this was so good can I go again and the answer was like my body's like absolutely not you cannot go again in your forearms like I was so pumped I couldn't move um but then I was like back at the crag two days later like my knuckles bandaged and was like trying at it again so so grateful like Jacqueline and Sarah if you ever hear this like thank you so much for lending me your gear um and yeah and I've basically been thinking about rocks like every day since so I didn't expect it to be such like an all-consuming thing but uh I would not change a thing for it awesome yeah I feel like probably a lot of people can relate to like very quickly becoming very enthused with rock climbing yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost worrisome how how all consuming it is, but it it can't be problematic. It's just trying to like keep myself from wanting to move into like every possible style of climbing. Um, you know, it's like how how long till I end up with a trad rack or or like more gear, but probably not long. <laughs> um awesome. And how about you, Holly? What's your your first climbing story? So my first climbing story actually starts with a piece of gear, <laughs> ironically. Um, I, at the time, I was living in Calgary, um, but I was home in St. John's for, uh, just for Christmas, and I was working at the local outdoor store, um, and I, uh, we got lots of, like, discounts and free gear through the outdoor store, especially when, like, reps from different companies came in. And I remember, like, the Black Diamond rep came in, and um, he had, like, a bunch of different prizes, and he was picking names for prizes. And I remember I had my eye on this, like, headlamp, and I was like, oh, yes, I really want this headlamp. And um, 
but like didn't get chosen first. So someone else took the headlamp and there was like a few different things left. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm taking this carabiner. It was like a really nice carabiner. Time didn't know. Um, and it was like one of the magnetic locking carabiners. Mm-hmm. So it's like super nice. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll never use this. I'll never use this. And Fast forward to that summer, I was back home in St. John's again, and my one of my friends that I worked with was like, hey, you need to try climbing. And I was like, I don't know, I don't know. And finally, I went to the gym, tried it once, was like, this is freaking awesome. I really love this. When I got back to Calgary, at the time, I was the president of the University of Calgary Outdoor Adventures, which is like a on-campus club that did everything from hiking, climbing, skiing, you name it, outside in the mountains, we did it. Um, and my friend had planned a climbing trip and I was like, I'm going, bought all my gear and fell in love with it. Um, I went up at like five, six, that was literally like pockets in rock that you could climb all the way up to the top. Um, but I felt like amazing when I got to the top and have never turned around since and fell in love with it that day. Awesome. That's super sweet. Um, I like that it started with a, a piece of gear. <laughs> like some people, well, I like had two opposite stories. Katie went climbing with, with no gear and <laughs> you, you got the gear first. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah, Katie yeah. You mentioned styles of climbing, um, styles of climbing that you're both most stoked on, um, sport climbers, um, done some trad climbing what's the story there yeah I'd say like so I haven't done as far as trad goes I haven't done much more than like follow on trad um but I've removed like a stuck cam or two so in my mind there's like some honorary mention in there totally but uh no it's been weird like over the years, I kind of oscillate like season to season between styles of climbing that I'd focus on. Like I think when Holly and I first met, um, I started out the season horrible, like, like embarrassingly horrible at crack climbing and became so obsessed with it. <laughs> and like this desire to get better than like, okay, so we're going to silver, we're going to the bluffs like every day. And I was like, Holly, are you free to like come out and go play? And by the end of the season, that's all I wanted to do. And I like, wasn't interested in face climbs. And then I think the next year it was like a total switch. I barely got onto like any cracks and like, it was a lot of face climbing Holly. Um, and I had gone out at one point to silver. I think it was, um, uptown funk, I think was the climb because you were on it, Holly. And I just remember like, that was the climb that I learned to love crimps on. I never thought I would say those words. So anyways, I oscillate back and forth. Um, I'll do like a bit of sport. Um, This year has been a weird one where I think I've tried a little bit of everything. I mean, like Mike, you and I went out and I tried like top rope soloing at one point, which is pretty rad. And just like the the list of gear that I want to acquire, like just (laughs) doesn't get smaller. And (laughs) totally. but no, it, it's good. And I think I've been super, super fortunate to, you know, be exposed to people doing a lot of cool stuff and get out and try it. So I, I have a sneaky suspicion, though, that like trad is going to be like it's, it's something I've been trying to push off, but it's it's like weaseling its way into my heart, like deeper and deeper. So it's just a matter of time. Totally. Um, how about you, Holly? I've always really loved sport climbing and especially cramps. <laughs> um, and Katie knows this about me. I've always, any sport climb that has crimps, I'm like, yes, give it to me. I will take it. Um, I have pretty small hands and I find I can get a lot of traction on crimps that like other people can't. So I feel like I have a slight advantage that way. Um, but I've tried pretty much everything except for maybe like mixed um that's on the list i'm excited to uh go to the my friend and i are going to go to the michigan ice fest this year so awesome hoping to try mixed climbing there um so we'll see but otherwise yeah i uh i haven't done a lot of big wall climbing which i would love to do 
Um, I feel like I kind of missed out when I lived in Calgary that I didn't do any big wall climbing, but I wasn't, um, I didn't feel like I was at that stage of knowing what I was doing or uh, able to follow up on big walls. So that's, that would be a big one to do and that mixed climbing. Awesome. That's super sweet. Yeah. Those are, those are both great goals. And I mean, yeah, I've, I've only like just barely done the tiniest bit of both of those things myself and they're both so cool and also so hard and terrifying. (laughs) I I absolutely respect that. That is a very worthy goal. Um, And sweet that you're going to the Michigan ice fest. I'm, I'm considering it myself. It's big drive. It is. Yeah. But I have a friend out of Nipigan who's going to come with me. So I'm pretty, pretty excited. And she and I will have like a blast that weekend and we're going to choose all sorts of different, um, different opportunities and try out different things. So it's going to be sweet. Yeah. Go to some clinics. Yeah. Cool. Well, if you guys like, you know, I'm a little far from Michigan, but like if anyone wants to meet me in Orient Bay, like totally. I, I have all my gear with me. So amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, have you, have you done any ice climbing, Katie? Yeah. I we talked this, about this before. This past season, I've been trying to get out for a couple of years and like every year I've had some kind of strange injury. So this year I just refused to let it, um, slip by, but I went out, I had like a, a, I, don't know, I had a broken finger like when I went out, but we just like bandaged it up and like patted it. And it was just um, like, it was my pinky. So it's like whenever it's sort of sitting in the hook of the ice axe, it was like kind of shitty, but, um, but you know what? It was great. And I'm yeah, hoping to get back out this year and, and try a little bit more. Awesome. Very cool. Um, how about climbing outside of Northern Ontario? Um, let's start with Holly. Uh what you mentioned that you've done some climbing elsewhere. What has that looked like? And you mentioned Calgary already. All right. I yeah. guess Canmore. Yeah. I've done a lot in Canmore. Um, well, not necessarily just Canmore, but like in that area of the Rockies, just having lived in Calgary, that was like my backyard for a long time. Um, some of my favorites, there's like a really sweet one that you have to like hike in for like 30 minutes up a mountain. Um, but there's few people there. So that's really nice. <laughs> Whereas like riding Camor and, um, it's at like grassy, it's super busy all the time. Bad. Um, and then I've also been to South Dakota, which was freaking oh, cool. amazing. <laughs> um, cool. I would recommend South Dakota to anyone. It's what's really cool about South Dakota is it's like these spires basically. And so like, one pitch and you have like a 360 view over the area, which cool. you don't get anywhere else. Um, yeah. I went down with two of my friends with uh, Eric and my friend Michelle, and it was just a phenomenal experience. And it's something that like, I still remember and still, I loved that experience. And I might, me and Michelle have talked about potentially in the future going to like Wisconsin or somewhere else because we had just like had such a blast on that trip. Cool. That's awesome. And another, always got to take advantage of the shout outs. Uh, I believe that would be Eric Fishman of Outdoor Skills and Thrills you're referring to. Yeah. Nice. Of course. Yeah. So anyone that's listening that needs someone to, you know, rent gear uh, to them or take them out on a guided adventure or a skills course or whatever in Northern Ontario, Eric's your band. Talk to Eric from Outdoor Skills and Thrills. Um, yeah, that sounds sweet. South Dakota sounds sick. I don't really know basically anything about the climbing in South Dakota. It's amazing. Highly recommend. Very cool. All right. Well, to add to the tick list, it's like, that's like another, it's like the, the to buy gear list. The tick list <laughs> yeah. is also just like, as soon as you take something off, you add two new things to the list. Um, and how about you, Katie? Yeah. Um, I mean, okay. On the topic of the tick list, I feel like Holly and I have, like, if you go back in our message history, it's just like, anytime we'd see an article come out and like gripped or anything, it's just like, Oh, Hey, this new multi-pitch has been developed out West. It would just like get slotted in. So like that list is also incredibly long. Um, so I feel that on a very deep level. Um, 
secondly, and maybe more importantly than like where I've climbed is I will also sing Eric's praises. Um, he was actually who took, uh, took my sister and I out for our first like ice climb. Nice. Literally like the best experience. Um, such a wonderful, wonderful person. And like, so grateful that he's a part of the climbing community in Thunder Bay. Um, but yeah, as far as like climbing elsewhere, um, not this past or this summer, but the summer last year, we went out to Squamish and my sister and I just sort of spent the summer, um, kind of dirtbagging around BC, camping our way across, just like wake up, climb, uh, repeat, which was quite wonderful. Um, we didn't do any like crazy, crazy big wall, but it's another thing on the list, um, moving forward. But we did do a couple like multi pitches when you're we out there. We met up with a buddy of ours as well who was out there and uh, yeah, just got to like, it was such a wonderful summer. And then I've done a little bit like years and years and years ago now, but uh, a little bit of deep water soloing in Thailand, which is, oh, cool. I guess, the place to do it because no one is paying attention long enough to, for it to like seem sketchy. But mm-hmm. um, so that was really cool. And I think that was like before I really had a good grasp on like what I was doing with climbing. So I'd love to go back and like take a stab at it now with a little bit better of a technique and be able to appreciate that rock a bit more, but it was wonderful even when I tried it. So highly recommend. Cool. That sounds super neat. Very, very cool. Um, well, uh, oh yeah. One, one final question on that front, uh, favorite, favorite crags in Northern Ontario, favorite routes in Northern Ontario anything that you uh, want to give a shout out to either of you um oh man again I feel like each season it's like a little different fast lake was like my my one true love for the longest time but I uh, um I feel like between like the outbreak wall now or like orient bay was my first time out there this summer and just the sheer variety and like the beauty of those cliffs, just absolutely incredible. Um, so, so much that's been developed, so much room for development and like so many projects I'd love to tackle. Um, and then, yeah, I, I honestly, I don't think you can go wrong with the Thunder Bay Crag. Like everything is just, it's all so wonderful. How about you, Holly? Um, Claghorn. Nice. Um, yeah, Alberta ride on Claghorn. Yeah. <laughs> Still on my tick list to actually fully complete. Um, me and Katie and a friend of ours went out there a couple years ago and I had a, I was like, I'm still like kind of sketchy around lead climbing. Um, and I had a, was it a falcon or an eagle circling me? Something like that. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Mid-climb. A so bird of prey. <laughs> yeah. So I got too sketched out and, like, came down. Fair. Uh, there was also, like, such a spooky ledge on that climb. Like, you're so exposed for part of it. This bird is, like, mm-hmm. has a nest at the top. Yeah, it was, like, a lovely climb, but I was so happy to not be the one um, in the, that was leading it that day. Yeah, that's fair. It is spooky. Yeah, it's and there's there's like a big kind of like daggery hanging thing that I always find. I'm like, uh, <laughs> but d- despite all of that, fantastic route. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And yeah. actually, uh, while we're talking about Claghorn, um, there's so many new routes there now. There's like yeah. a whole. There's another. I don't even know how many. Probably like in the realm of a dozen new routes that aren't in the book. Maybe even more than that. Um. So that's exciting. There's a whole bunch of stuff to go back there and try in the more moderate range because obviously Claghorn has a lot more really, really hard stuff than chill stuff. So it's great that shout out to to Jared and friends who've been putting up moderate set to Claghorn. Oh, I'm excited. I haven't I didn't go out there at all this season. I feel like anytime I had like a few days, I would just go camp out at Outbreak Wall with you guys. Um yeah. So it, it took I'm my in the attention same away. Boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's um, been a while since I've been at Claghorn because I just spend all my time at the outbreak ball now. Yeah. There's there's so much good rock. How can you choose? Yeah. I've heard that there's also a bunch being developed at the Terry Fox Memorial. Hmm. Yes, that's true too. Yeah. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Again, also by Jared. Jared's going hard. Um cool. Well, um, 
of course, this is all awesome stuff to talk about, but there is another thing on the agenda that's uh, a big part of the the reason that we're all sitting down. So let's let's chat about the Superior Sending Sisters. Um, yeah, what is the Superior Sending Sisters? Uh, it's a group. Uh, it was started back in 2020, actually, um, right after the pandemic hit. Um, nothing to do with that, why it was started, but... <laughs> um, it's a group of women or those who identify as women um, who are interested in climbing. And I'm basically what happened was that summer um, I was climbing with a lot of women and I was trying to make a point of climbing more with women because I saw on the crag that there weren't many women climbing with women um, and there weren't many women who were leading. Uh, it was a lot of like women following up um, guys, or I uh, saw a lot of guys climbing with guys, but very, very few women climbing with women. Um, so it started very grassroots in that I created a Facebook group, got a bunch of friends together, was like, hey, we should make a point of climbing together. Um, started going out, became more and more. Eventually, I had to make a page, and now there's over 100 people in the page, which is very exciting. That's super exciting. Um, Katie, anything you want to add to that? Um, yeah, no, I think Holly said it really well. It was just like, we'd end up at the crag together, like all the time. And I feel like we just look around and like, why were the, like, there were no other groups of just like girls like, checking things out. And, and I think, and we might get into this a bit later, but I think having representation and, and especially like for women at the crag is so important to be able to see like, Hey, you know, like they're out here doing the thing. They're sending hard routes. They've got a different technique. They, you know, like creating a space where it just feels safe to go in and try and explore and like also have this environment of mentorship was such an important piece, I think, in the development of the Sending Sisters. And yeah, like it's grown so much. And I think like the support from the community, like we did a fundraiser, um, we like made these like nice little die cut stickers, which we still have some of. So if anyone wants those, like hit us up. They look great on an algae and they're waterproof. Um, but we were raising money for like to get some club ropes. Cause like initially we were just like bringing, like setting up events and Holly and I would just like set up stuff on like whatever gear we had. And then like some people, if they had it, they would bring things. Um, and we were super grateful for that, but it is like a lot of wear and tear and, and the events actually like, grew to be quite large. Um, and so we were doing this fundraiser and we ended up having a ton of support from the community in Thunder Bay, which like I was blown away by and we ended up having, um, like an anonymous donor, like purchase some rope for us. And it was just one of those things where you're sitting there like, are you, are you serious? Like you're, you're willing to support us this much? Like this is insane. So, so grateful to, to be able to also like operate in a space as welcoming as Thunder Bay. And then like did like some little like workshops and things and, and just created spaces where people if they were just coming to learn and and get a sense of kind of what was going on, that there was sort of a safe space to do that in as well. Um yeah, and I mean you have the added benefit, like snacks and pizza and whatnot at the end, which like little crag tailgating at the end of the day can't go wrong with. Totally. That all sounds so great. Um yeah, so I mean you touched on it a little bit there, but so yeah, like, why is it important? You know, obviously, I, I'm, you know, I'm asking that, of course, hypothetically. Like, um, why is representation important? Why is it important that there be safe spaces in climbing for women or folks who identify as women? Yeah, Holly, do you want to start with that? I know I kind of rambled about it. <laughs> um, so I've heard a lot of stories of women feeling uncomfortable um, around the guys in the climbing community, whether it's because they're being hit on, whether it's because they've had a previous bad experience in their personal lives, um, and, or whether it's because they've, they've been talked down to. And of course, this is not everyone, but it does happen. And they are, there are women, quite a few women that I've met that just don't feel comfortable climbing with guys or don't feel comfortable leading or don't feel like they have the, the safe space to try out things that maybe are harder than, um, 
than what they would normally climb. Um, and so like in that way to, to not only see women climbing hard and to not only see women leading, but to also have that space where they can ask questions, where they, they feel like they can come and talk to someone is so huge. Um, so like having this space is incredibly important for women and also for developing women and climbing in Thunder Bay, because, um, I mean, as we talked about prior to the show, it's a lot of the development that's happened in Thunder Bay and around Thunder Bay has been, um, led by men. Um, and a lot of women just don't, don't feel comfortable in those spaces. And also, so just one more thing to add is a lot of the, and it's something I've talked about with some of my, some of my female friends is a lot of the, even the names of climbs are reflected on like, um, male dominated, um, perspectives. Totally. I think that the names thing is a really good point. Um, and it's definitely a conversation that is like growing in climbing as years progress. Like, I mean, I imagine 10 or 20 years ago, that was a conversation that wasn't even really on, on sort of like the general radar. And it seems like increasingly names are getting changed and articles are being written talking about why names should be changed. And one would hope that new routes are being put up with nice inclusive names, but that might not universally be the case. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a conversation that like needs to be had and needs to be given a platform and, and whatnot. So thank you for bringing it up because that's, yeah, that's a big one. Uh, Katie, anything you want to jump in on there? Yeah, I think like, I, I want to echo like what Holly said. And, and I think like, you know, there are some wonderful, wonderful people again, like I've mentioned previously in the climbing community in Thunder Bay, but just like the sport in general, like, you know, some spaces don't feel safe for for women to go try things out and and that was sort of the intention i think to to change that with the like with the superior sending sisters and have this sort of collective that fosters the sense of you know support and encouragement and just the space to go try things out with it without any sense of like um expected reciprocity within that relationship um and, and to have the opportunity to, again, just, like, just see women out there pushing grades. And there's, like, a strength in community, I think, that comes from it. Just seeing people out there doing hard things and and putting themselves in situations that, you know, they're like, oh, I, I wasn't sure that, like, if, if I'm physically strong enough to do this or, you know, I, I want to see someone that looks like me kind of up there and, and doing the thing so that I feel like I can do it too, if that makes sense. Um, and so sort of having these events and, and providing the support. And again, with Holly and I both having like a few years of climbing under our belts, it's like, you know, you can provide support as much as like humanly possible with like, oh, okay, you know, like we'll make sure you're set up here or here's some beta that we might be able to offer um, and, and kind of continue to build people up. But yeah, the sense of community is, is, so incredible within the group like I'm constantly blown away by you know the the initiative and the strength of the the individuals involved and like how welcoming everyone is and how motivated they are to just start crushing things it's so cool and like honestly everyone just wants to get out there like hey like are you free tonight like and you know now you're going out four or five six times a week because everyone is just like so keen to be like out on the rock and so like I I don't know I, I don't think you can ask for anything better like it's it's wonderful that's awesome. That's super great. Um, I think like you touched on some themes there that could um, sort of be like encapsulated as mentorship. Um, and of course, mentorship is a big thing in climbing in general. It's sort of like historically the way that people have been brought into climbing is by historically an old man, um, <laughs> you know, a trad dad, as it were, um, you know, shows you the ropes and you know, literally and metaphorically yeah. and, uh, and, you know, teaches you how to do the thing. Cause of course climbing is, 
you know, it's a bit of like a somewhat countercultural activity and it's not a particularly easy thing to learn. And there's so many barriers in terms of cost and gear and whatnot. Um, but of course that, that historical dynamic having been predominantly men teaching men, um, and so it seems like the Sending Sisters has a really important role to play in terms of there being a a space where where women can support women in that sort of same journey. Yeah. And like honestly, as you're mentioning it, like I'm just thinking of like the first time I went out climbing and like I typically a lot of the sports that I've sort of participated in over the years have been like very um like male dominated sort of fields. Like I grew up like racing cars and things like that and like um, being good with like the mechanical side of things. And so again, like you don't see a lot of female representation of it, but starting climbing, like coincidentally enough, I was brought in by like two women who literally showed me the ropes and that's always kind of been the theme. And then I think, you know, I I can't say there is like a ton of, of female mentors that I felt were like super available or accessible in Thunder Bay, like just like reflecting black back on it. And I think like Holly, like when we started climbing together, I think like I learned so much from you in the first, like, like, I mean, honestly, I'm still learning from you. So, but um, yeah, it, it's been kind of interesting to like kind of reflect back on the the process and like how we kind of ended up where we are. I think like some of it's been, you know, like very, like unconscious and some of it's been like very intentional. Um, and yeah, it's, it's kind of cool to, to take a little bit of like a meta view for or like from it for, for a sec. Cool. Holly, any, any thoughts on to the, the piece about mentorship? Um, I think like I also got brought into the sport by a female who I was working with. Um, and then it was a lot of like guys that I went out with, um, and that I learned from, but there was always, there's also just like a different vibe. I find at least when it's like just women, Mm -hmm. um, and it's a very supportive vibe. And I think what the coolest thing for me has been is like, I've kind of mentored some of my friends through climbing and like, um, whether it be formal or informal and to see them go on and then mentor others and like encourage others. So like Katie has been doing all this incredible stuff and like leading different groups. And, um, and then like my friend, Michelle, she has created these like women ice climbing, uh, ventures and like really brought more women into ice climbing. Um, and just like seeing that progression as like, more women get into the sport because of like someone that I've mentored, which is pretty cool. <laughs> totally. That's like a real positive feedback loop. Um, yeah, that's all, that's all super great. I mean, I think that, that yeah, you've, you speak really well about why there's a need and, and why you started the sending sisters. And then also, the the huge amount of good that you've been able to do in a fairly short amount of time, like three three or four climbing seasons, something like that. Well, twenty twenty, so two. Two climbing seasons, okay, yeah. So that's that's all the more evidence that like this was a that that you like you filled a gap. There was a real gap there that needed to be filled, um, which is super great. Uh, what do you have sort of hopes for the future in terms of what the sending sisters is going to look like in two or five or 10 years. Um, I really want to like, well, one of the things I want to do is there's a, a North shore vertigals, yeah. which is the, the Minnesota basically version um, of the superior sending sisters. And I really want to see like, both groups come together and create an, um, an amazing event together. Um, I want to see more women out climbing, out leading, especially. Uh, so many of the people since like starting the Superior Sending Sisters have felt comfortable leading and have gotten into leading, which has been really cool. Um, I hope that um, I see more 
more women mentoring others and creating events and um, just a, it grows bigger and stronger. And um, I'd love to see like in the far, far future, I'd love to see like a woman's climbing, like symposium or clinics um, like the same kind of way that there's like the Michigan ice fest or the Nipigon ice fest. Well, those are all fantastic ideas. I hope those things all happen. Yeah, it makes me so excited, like, hearing that. I feel like, like, the Vertigals are so cool, and I would love to meet them. And, and yeah, like, link up. And, and I think, you know, what's been really amazing is, like, in the short time that the Sending Sisters has been a thing, you know, we've developed this huge network of, of like, women and those who identify as women, within Thunder Bay and surrounding area that just like want to get out and crush projects. And, and so I think what sort of happened organically is like, yeah, we'll formally schedule these sort of like meetups or these, like these events, but there's also sort of this network that it's just a safe space where it's like, yeah, you can just post in the group and like have the, like feel safe and, and sort of sourcing like a climbing, um, partner or whatever and like getting out and and doing that for the course of the day like I'm just thinking of you know like the um like the Squamish rock climbing page I think they had issues for a while where people would like reach out to get like a climbing partner for the day and it's like okay but I'm looking for a relationship or I'm looking for just like someone to literally just crush a project with and move on um and so I think we've circumvented like a lot of that uh with Ascending Sisters and and just to see yeah like you know, like I have this thing coming up where now I'm going to do training and all of this sort of like rope rescue and all these other things. And so the opportunities I think for teach back too within this collective are so, so huge. And, and I think everyone is just sort of out here, like aggregating skills and, and bringing them back to the group and incorporating them into sort of their style of climbing and everyone brings something to the table that we can learn from. And I think that's so valuable, like within this network or this collective and, uh, yeah, I, I hope to see it like continue to get bigger. I'd love to see like a women's climbing symposium and like any groundwork that needs laying for that. Like you just let me know, Holly, and, <laughs> and I will put the work in. I'm so, yeah, so excited and like so optimistic for what the future of climbing holds for, for women in Northwestern Ontario. I think it's super promising. We have some like pretty badass people out there doing uh, very cool things. I think also like I would also love to see more like minority groups like lgbtq or indigenous groups um see something like this is superior sending sister and be like oh this is something that i can do within like the lgbtq community or it's something that i can do within the indigenous community and really create that space as well so yeah totally i think that's a <clears throat> sorry i think that's a really a really great point that you raised because there obviously are are some really important gender dynamics in climbing that climbing needs to confront. And there's obviously also some, some, uh, some other really important dynamics to confront around sexuality and around race. Um, and so, yeah, I think those are fantastic points. And maybe, maybe somebody listening to this will be inspired to go out and start one of those groups. We can, we can hope. And if, if you're Absolutely. that person and you're listening, maybe you can reach out to, to Holly and Katie for some suggestions on how, how you could go about doing that. Absolutely. I'd love to chat about it. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Um, I'm wondering if there's like any specific story from a meetup or some sort of like heartwarming moment that in your minds, you know, sums up the, the sending sisters in one story or something like that. Putting you on the spot. I know. <laughs> I feel like there's so, so many like positive experiences. It's hard to pick one that like, sorry, I don't know, Holly, do you have anything that comes to mind immediately? And like, they're all just so wonderful. Like, oh. um, I think like, this is this just like one that's happened semi recently. So that's why it really sticks out in my mind. Um, but I um, have met, I like met a friend on Instagram. We've been friends on Instagram for a while. Finally met up to go climbing. First time ever. Um, 
and we were out climbing at Pass Lake and she was uh, she didn't really know how to set up a route so I like sat down with her and I was like okay we're gonna go through it I'm gonna show you how to do it then I'm gonna undo it and you're gonna go through it you're gonna do it and we'll work through it until you get it and you understand what's going on and she said to me that that was like the real first time where she really had someone sit down with her and just like take that time to work through it and not just like be like, oh yeah, this is how to do it. Or like, oh, I'll just do it for you because I don't have the time to teach you. Um, I just want to get climbing. So that was that was a really heartwarming moment for me is that like she felt like she had the ch- opportunity to learn and that she felt comfortable enough in this space to like learn, make mistakes and, and um, um, be, be able to set up a rope. That's awesome. I mean, that that's just like mentorship encapsulated. <laughs> that's awesome. I can, I can add a story to it. Maybe it's a little bit of a different lens. Like this is, I think more mine stems a little bit from like an experience of just like community in like the most exaggerated sense. I think like when we, I know Holly, if you remember this night, we were all at silver and and I think it was the night that we'd had like this little mix up with like who was giving you a ride out or something like that. <laughs> so, um, and so Silver was like one of those crags at the time that like I didn't really feel like super comfy like leading at just because some things can be a bit run out and and whatnot or areas and keep setting up. Um, and so Holly was oftentimes like a guiding light in these scenarios because she led a lot of the routes. Um in the, the area we were looking to set up that day. And so I was like, okay, you know what? Like I've got draws. I can, I can lead climb. Like this is just a mind over matter situation. It'll be fine. Um, and so like people start trickling in and I think we were expecting like maybe three or four people that night. We just like posted sort of broadly on the group, um, saying like, Hey, open climb, like come hang out, like literally all levels of experience. Anyone welcome, like just come hang out. And there ended up being like eight, 10, 15 people. Like it was, it ended up being quite a large event and like everyone brought gear, everyone had ropes. I feel like we had like four or five ropes sort of set up like all along this little pocket of the crag. I think we were by like Stairmaster and, and whatnot, but we had a good like variety of routes set up and things like that. And I think like a, one of the benefits I think that like I maybe selfishly derived from it was like people were so supportive and so encouraging. I was like, okay, you know what? Like, there's no doubt in my mind. Like I can go, I'll go lead this route. Like, you know, I feel like I've got this like support system backing me. And like, I know I, like I theoretically can do it. You just need kind of like that boost. And so that got set up. And then I remember coming down and having another climber there. Like, you know, I've never led before, but like, you know, you were spooked about this and like you went and did the thing like do you can I try like is this a thing that we can do it's like yes absolutely and so suddenly like people are trying new things taking on new skills um and then I remember like coming down off of like my third or fourth climb of the night and just like there's so much mentorship going down like on the ground where like everyone is kind of like oh hey you know what this is really good here's some beta on this or like oh here's like the move that you might want to do um like when you're leading and or here's how to make it feel a little bit more secure and so everyone kind of like integrated themselves with one another and was like so supportive of everyone else's like development and progress throughout the course of the night and I just like I left like that night my heart was so so full just seeing like the support of everyone there and the sense of community and I think that's been a theme that's really carried on within the Sending Sisters and and really speaks to you know how wonderful the people are that are involved like in the group on on the whole and and how fortunate we are I think to have those spaces um that are protected but also like anyone else that was climbing at the crag would like walk by and be like are you guys the sending sisters? And and there were like a couple of guys that, that were walking by and they're like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like, like keep crushing. This is amazing. And it was just like, you had this wraparound support from all areas or just like, okay, you know, you feel like you can do anything when you have that kind of, I don't know, that extra sort of like peace lifting you up. 
So anyways, that's my warm, fuzzy story about the Sending Sisters. There are many, but that's one of my favorites. Yeah, that, that sounds great. I mean, I don't know how anyone could hear that story and not just want to come climbing with you. So. Exactly. <laughs> and there were like donuts, there's plenty of snacks, everyone, you know, it's wonderful. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, any Any other, you know, parts of the Sending Sisters that you want to touch on or things things you want to say to whoever it is that chooses to listen to this podcast? Uh, I've just come climb with us. Um, We're happy to have anyone, everyone. Um, We want to create a safe space for everyone. And we want women or those who identify as women to feel like they have a space for them. Um, And... Yeah, that's the Superior Sending Sisters trying to do that. And also, like, if you want to also help create that space, reach out as well. Because we'd love to have more people involved on the other side. Yeah, and I I think, like, it can be, I don't know, it can feel intimidating, like, reaching out to a new space or, or pursuing a new sport. And, you know, you have these questions and things like that. Like, I swear to whoever is listening, Holly and I are quite approachable. It's pretty, pretty easy. You could have just looked at a rock and thought, hey, I want to climb that. How do I go about doing that and send us a message? And we'd be so stoked to talk to you. Like we, we want to make this as accessible as possible. Um, you know, there are a lot of ways to get people out to try it out without having to, you know, buy all the things. And, and we try and find opportunities to underscore like how to support local and, and, uh, source things in a way that's sort of sustainable and and makes sense and makes things accessible for people. So like come climb with us. We're it's super fun. Um do stuff year round and like even gym climbs and things. So yeah, come hang. It's good. Climbing's amazing. And you don't even need a car. We'll yeah. figure it out for you. <laughs> As someone who doesn't own a car. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Well, yeah, that must be a bit of a, a trick sometimes trying to facilitate all your different sports without a car. Ah, I figure it out. There's a, nice. I know enough people. I will say, like, not having a car, one very cool thing about that is you get to know people real, like, a lot of people because okay. you just have to ask for rides and you have to, like, figure it out. So, um, but yeah. And every so often that person forgets to pick you up when you're supposed to go <laughs> climbing and you just get creative. So. Uh, cool. Um, well, we've talked a lot about, you know, how people should reach out to you and come climb with you and get involved and whatnot. How should they do that? Like logistically uh, speaking, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a Facebook page, uh, superior sending sisters and uh, reach out to me holly fleming on facebook and i'd be more than happy to chat um um, yeah put a post on the facebook page message the facebook page awesome Uh, there's also an instagram it's not used heavily but it i do have it on my phone so i will see if you message it cool well i will i'll absolutely uh add links in the show notes to the the Sending Sisters Facebook page and to the Instagram and to both of, of your Instagrams, if that's cool with you. Um, yes. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you both so much for, uh, for chatting. And yeah, it sounds, sounds like there's great things ahead for the Superior Sending Sisters. Thanks so much. And uh, yeah, at any point too, like if anyone wants stickers, shoot me a message. I have a stockpile and would be happy to see them just sticker bombed on everything so please help me make that happen shoot me a message awesome i mean i i would love to have a oh, perfect so <laughs> thank we'll you you've to, earned we'll it have to connect over that yeah. oh, I, i'll happily donate <laughs> um cool well yeah thank you thank you both so much and okay. uh happy happy sending thanks <laughs> thanks
Well, there you have it in my interview with Holly and Katie of the Superior Sending Sisters. As you heard, they're doing some really important work in the region, and uh, I think that's just fantastic. Um, as I said at the beginning, if you uh, are someone who identifies as a woman and you want to get involved with the Superior Sending Sisters, they would love to have you, and you can find the uh, links to get in touch with them in the show notes. Thanks so much, everybody, and have a happy day.